This is Brian Chesky, and you're listening to Five Questions with Dan Shabell. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Shabell. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is the co-founder and CEO of Airbnb, Brian Chesky. Brian is the epitome of rags to riches, having gone from not being able to afford his rent with his co-founder to founding the multi-billion dollar hospitality company, Airbnb. Through his leadership, the company is used by more than 500 million customers in 191 countries. Despite being one of the biggest success stories in his entire generation, Brian is down to earth and shared some valuable insights from his life during this podcast episode. Welcome to Five Questions, Brian. Thank you very much for having me today. Both your parents were social workers. You are a true rags to riches story. What values did they instill in you that have made you the leader you are today? Because my parents are social workers, they had to assume that people were fundamentally good. They were interesting. And all you had to do was listen to their story. I think it also created this idea of rooting for the underdog. My, I remember my dad always rooted for the underdog in a sports team. And my mom always like wanted to hear someone's story and always assumed no matter what pain or what challenges someone had, that there was some redeemable quality. And so that really made me believe in these two per, almost preposterous ideas that started Airbnb, that people are actually fundamentally good and that we're 99% the same. And you just need to learn in about people's stories. And you got to be able to help stick up for people, especially underdogs, especially people like our hosts, because we have 4 million hosts in our community. And our hosts remind me a lot like my parents. Yeah. So it gives you a, a deeper level of empathy to them because of what you grew up with and your relationship with your parents. You know, if they're struggling, especially now during still a recession and a, and a pandemic, you're going to be thinking about them more than maybe someone else who didn't grow up in that environment and maybe had uh, more resources sources and was more disconnected and didn't have those values. And that leads me to the next question, which is the hospitality industry was one of the biggest victims of the pandemic. You and Airbnb reacted to COVID by creating online experiences, which was really smart and offering a $250 million support package to hosts. Can you talk about how you manage the mental and emotional hardship of navigating the crisis while overseeing thousands of employees and millions of hosts and customers worldwide? The hardest thing to manage is not the team or even the crisis. The hardest thing to manage is your own psychology. If you think you're screwed, then you probably are. But if you actually think this crisis is my defining moment, then you're going to see everything after that crisis as an opportunity. And in fact, Airbnb was born in a crisis, a crisis where I couldn't afford my roommate to pay rent, but we saw it as an opportunity. Your thoughts become actions. And if you have an optimistic point of view, then your opportunity optimism becomes contagious in the company. In a crisis, you need creativity and resilience. And that requires a sense of optimism, not blind optimism, but something rooted in fact and first principle that actually has a redeeming quality to it. And when I talked to my friends about Airbnb, they said Airbnb did the right thing during COVID. They didn't just think about their bottom line. In fact, there, you know, it was a sort of a sacrifice now for brand building and a deeper connection with people. The fact that you stay optimistic is so important because so many people count on you. And Airbnb has come a long way since you founded it. What do you think originally led to the acceptance of Airbnb and how has its growth affected how you live and relate to other people in your life? When we started Airbnb, I remember telling somebody about the idea. They said, Brian, I said, yes. They said, I hope that's not the only idea you're working on. People thought this was the worst idea ever. People said strangers will never stay with other strangers. But what we created was not a way to book a home. We created a system of trust. And I think what started happening is we didn't get everyone to use it 
right away. We got just enough people. And the way it works is you're basically building a community. No one wants to be the first person to do it, but once a hundred people do it, then the 110th person, then 120th, and it creates a sense of social proof, like any adoption curve. Despite what we read in the news every day, people can actually trust one another. People are fundamentally good and we have the data to prove it. So despite all the news you read, people actually trust other people typically more than even brands and institutions once they know something in common with that person and they have a reputation. The word trust is so important and there's such a lack of trust. The Edelman barometer comes out every year and it shows that trust continues to decline by thinking about Airbnb as a community and trying to instill as much trust as possible by doing the right things that we just discussed earlier. That can help you in the long term because that everyone's searching for community. Community has kind of broken down in the past many years. And if you can be part of creating that ecosystem and community, you can really help improve people's lives because that's what people are yearning for. And in the forward you wrote for Airbnb's travel report, you emphasize this, quote, technology has provided a means of digital connection, but this is more of a synthetic and less fulfilling than real human connection. How have you used technology as a bridge to real human connection with your family, with your friends, your leadership team and workers? We always thought of Airbnb, the platform, as a window into the world. Airbnb wasn't a replacement for human connection where you'd spend all your time online. It was a gateway to actually meet strangers from cultures and communities around the world. You need to create connections that create empathy. No one's ever changed someone else's mind in a YouTube comment section, but because there's no empathy, you can't see their expression. So in a time of crisis, one of the things I learned is you need to step up communication. I think this is the most isolating period in human history. The silver lining is many people got closer to their inner circle, but I think everyone's bubbles have gotten smaller. One of the sad things is as people age, they stop making new friends. You can never stop creating new relationships in your life. The day you stop making new relationships, the day you stop growing, and the day you stop growing is the day you start dying. That's how I think. One of the things I'm interested in is not just rekindling relationships with people I care about, but continually connecting with new people. And it's about diversity too. It's about, yes. can I get, can I connect with people who are different than me? In your case, maybe different industries that you can learn from. And I think that can really, really help. I remember you spoke at the Fortune brainstorm conference years ago. And you said that every company will be a technology company that isn't yes. already a technology company. And yes. it, it felt obvious, but I was like, so no one said this and that's yeah. exactly how people need to think. And so in order to be innovative, especially in technology, you need different voices. You need to be around different people. And what's 100%. your best piece of career advice? My mom told me I chose a job for the love and I made no money. So you should choose a job that pays you a lot of money. And I said one day, great mom, I'm going to go to art school at the Rhode Island School of Design. And she said, oh my God, you chose the only job that's going to pay less than a social worker. You're going to be an artist and you're going to live in my basement. And I said, no, mom, I'm not going to do that. And she said, if you do graduate, you have to get a job with health insurance. And I did that. And then one day I called her and I said, I'm quitting my job. We have this idea called Airbnb. My mom and my dad thought it was terrible. So my piece of advice for everyone is don't listen to your parents. You should listen to your parents about like relationships and love. Do not take career advice your parents. And by parents, I mean parents and friends and guidance counselors and whomever. Just because someone loves you doesn't mean they know you deep down in what your passion is. I wouldn't even say follow your passion because the problem with saying following your passion is it presumes you already know what your passion is. You have to discover it. And the only way to discover it is to take pressure off yourself. Don't worry about status. I wouldn't try to choose a career that pays you well because it's very possible whatever jobs pay you well today, technology will automate in 10 years anyway. There may not be any job security in the future except to have something you're deeply passionate 
passionate about, you're really good at, but the only way to be passionate about something is to be curious. So take pressure off yourself and be curious. You'll eventually find it. It makes me reflect on my interview with Ben Hurwitz, who said his piece of advice was don't listen to your friends. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I was like, oh, interesting. And he said that don't listen to your friends because the advice they're giving you is actually for them. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Brian. To follow his journey, you can find him on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, where he shares pictures of his family and dog, appearances, travels, and food. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash Dan And please remember to rate and review the Five Questions podcast on iTunes. Mm-hmm.